Exodus chapter 3, verses 4 and 5. But when the kindness of God, our Savior, and His love for mankind appeared, He saved us. Micah 6, 8. And what does the Lord require of you but to do justice, to love kindness, and to walk humbly with you, God? All right, how does your faith affect the way that you're kind? Join us each week as we dig into God's Word with a guest. And at Revitalized Kindness, we believe that through Christ, we are a new creation, revitalized. And as we follow Him, we can revitalize kindness in our own culture. God is love. Welcome to Revitalized Kindness Podcast. I'm Dave Weaver. And I'm Yvette Walker. And welcome to this episode of the podcast entitled Seven Christian Identities. Today, we got a very special guest who wrote a book about that very thing. And we want to welcome Mr. Jake Dobernez. Welcome, Jake, to the show. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Absolutely. And we learned very quickly that you and Yvette are neighbors, apparently, or at least sort of close by, a lot closer than I am to you. Right. All right. Y'all are the Okies. I'm from North Carolina. And, you know, at this weekend, the show is going to come out after that, so we'll know the results. But this today, as a matter of fact, as we record, in just a few hours, there's a very, very big game coming out. Might have heard of the Duke Carolina rival here, potentially, but so it's going to be an interesting evening, I think. Any any contenders in the I, – I don't pay attention to sports that much. Mm-hmm. Uh, it may have yeah. sounded like that for a second, but I really, I really don't. Any contenders your way for NCAA or? I, nope. I, I root for my school whenever we're doing something. That's it. <laughs> right. All right. Well, you know, and I'm, I'll admit it online. I might lose some listeners, but I, I have been a Duke fan for a very long time. Typically, you, you would say a majority of our Carolina folk love Carolina Tar Heels. And I have nothing against them because, again, just not a fanatic, but I will pull for Duke tonight, however. So this is episode six. And as we talk about a lot within our podcast, we are going to talk a little bit. I think we're probably going to talk a lot about culture today as we talk about these identities. And I'm, I'm pretty sure, I think, as Jake um and we're gonna and we want Jake to actually introduce himself as well before we get we jump too far. But as we talk more about his book, I think you probably had culture in mind in terms of what culture might say about something or a negative identity that we find in culture versus an identity that we might find in Christ. Is that does that sound fair or straighten me out if I'm off? Yeah, it's it's written with that kind of in mind. Um, okay. And honestly, I'm imagining a 20 something, imagine a college student reading it, who's just in the midst of having all these cultural messages and trying okay. to help them sort it out. Mm-hmm. Awesome. So I can't wait to jump into that. Jake, just take a minute. I know that you've got um, a big project that you are, you're, you're, you're the owner of Theophany Media and you're, it looks like this is a, a a, um, a a company or, or, you know, that you've created that 
is very creative, no, no pun intended. <laughs> so you're you're looking for people to use those gifts that they have for Christ. Can you explain that uh, to to the viewers about what that's all about? Yeah. So uh, Theophany Media was um, an early pandemic project. Uh, a lot of people got real creative um, in 2020. Uh, but for me, it was the culmination of a lot of things going on in my brain for a long time before that. Um, I am a creative and an academic. I have a bachelor's degree in biblical studies and a master's in theological studies. And so I was kind of going to go that more academic route, but I couldn't ignore sort of this creative side of me, this, this itch. So I married the two in Theophany Media because I think, while I like the fun theology and the backgrounds and all that stuff, um, a lot of people are not going to be able to deal with the typical sort of lecture format that we communicate a lot of those ideas. So I wanted something that more creatively communicated Christian theology, uh, helped people think about it, but in a way that was approachable, uh, accessible. So I started the Often Media. Um, we are sort of shifting. So I do want to say that most likely when this comes out, we're sort of in the middle of a rebrand um, where, where that kind of, or helping creatives is going to be one part of our brand, but not the whole thing. Uh, our new focus is going to shift to sort of more broadly helping Christians deal with culture both as consumers of culture and creators of culture. And we're going to do that through some different podcasts and online communities and things like that. Uh, but it's just a grand experiment here uh, coming up on uh, two years, a little bit, uh, just sort of trying to help people navigate these ideas. And like I said, creatively communicating some of this complex thought in ways that people without the advanced training can understand and can apply to their lives. That's awesome. So you guys got, I think I read, um, you know, you got writers, podcasters, comedians. Um, are there musicians too that are part of this uh, theophany or the theophany media? Everything. Are we, yeah, we're just every arts. Everybody. Yeah. All the arts. Right. And yeah, I love um, that. On Creatively Christian, which is our flagship podcast right now, mm -hmm. um, we have four rotating hosts, and currently one of them's a musician, songwriter, one of them's a comedian, an, an improv guy, uh, another one runs a Christian animation company, and he writes and he's done everything. Um, and finally, our fourth host uh, is a, a professional art artist, and she's trained to be an art therapist, actually. So those hosts, those four hosts that kind of rotate, interview all kinds of people. So we've had uh, movie directors and writers and, um, you know, people involved in Hollywood, but then also some people that are doing some super awesome stuff that you'd never seen, you would have never seen their credit on a, on a TV show or movie. So we're, we're blessed to be able to talk to all sorts of creatives under the sun. But I have to jump in and say that connects with me and resonates with me so much. And I think a lot of people, because you were right in 2020, when a lot of what is happening now was birthed, because we could step back a minute and mm -hmm. take stock of ourselves, right? I think that's what happened for a lot of people. Mm -hmm. And 
the podcast, sure. But um, I don't know if you know this, but I write contemporary Christian lyrics. I'm not musical, but I write lyrics. And it just that it just started coming out. And so and sometimes we don't know what to do with it um, because we're not necessarily in that circle. But we mm. are just creatively expressing how we feel about, you know, our creator. So I love that you're doing that. So that's great. Yeah, thank yeah you. absolutely. Um, yeah, we need we need those spaces. And, um, you know, a lot of people are already, you know, a lot of people have these types of talents and and they might be part of a church and don't necessarily know where to put that inside the church. And But they want to serve and they want to reach others so badly. And maybe they're not the type to get on the uh, podcast and just talk about things, but they still, they've got that burning talent. So I think it's great that you guys are doing that and pushing people out to the forefront and they're pushing Jesus Christ out to the forefront, which is the most important thing. Um, now yourself, um, you, you're part of one or two podcasts. Uh, what, uh, remind us which podcasts those are. Yeah. So I, I produce creatively Christian. So mm. Uh, you don't get to hear this lovely voice uh, every week um, <laughs> behind the scenes. Um, right. Uh, but for a while, I had a the first podcast. The first thing that Theophany Media did was a podcast called The Bible But Funnier, where I retold Bible stories just with a little bit more modern humor and just, again, tried to make them accessible and point out some things that we miss. Um, so that was a great example of combining sort of my biblical training with sort of this creative medium uh that podcast was sort of fallen by the wayside um but i think you should still be able to uh watch and listen to those somewhere in the podcast verse um so i i got some more projects uh and podcasts especially coming up i found that i'm addicted to starting podcasts um mm -hmm. so trying to learn though the uh, wise way to do that instead of just starting 45 different podcasts at once. Don't <laughs> think that would be a good idea. <laughs> hey, but you know what you're, you're doing it. And, um, and a lot of people, that's the, the first step of just, you know, there's a lot of fear, I think, when it comes to doing stuff like this, anything, anything where you're you know, in front of a crowd. I remember I'm a musician. And so I remember playing saxophone in middle school. And I remember that first time that I was to play a solo and my mouth shook. I mean, it was such so nerve wracking, but so it's a lot that the first step is tough. And, um, <clears throat> so, you know, talking about an event was talking about this earlier. You've mentioned it too, about, uh, writing and things of that nature. Um, being a wordsmith, as some people might say, let me, I got some, okay, I got a few things. I'm going to throw these out here. Here's some, okay. here's some English slang terms, speaking of words. So we'll see how good of the, uh, with words you really are, Vet. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, no, no. I, no, no. I, I consider myself a word nerd, emphasis on the word nerd. So I don't know how cool these things are. We shall I'm see. I'm kidding. So, and these are words I think I have. I said earlier, I may not have. I think I may have caught some of these, but didn't pay attention to it because I didn't. I was like, maybe that's a misspelling on, tw on what not Twitter. Uh, what is it? Uh, the other thing. Anyway, uh, something that I, I some social media platform. And as a matter of fact, they say in here that these 
have, let's see, where is it? What is it? What is it? I can't think of it right now. But anyway, let's get to the words. The first word I've got. So what I want you to do, I'm going to throw a word out there. I'm going to spell the first one for you because it's got a weird spelling. If you don't know what it is, I want you to guess what it means, okay? So the first word I've got is chuggy. Chuggy. And it's spelled C-H-E-U-G-Y. C-H-E-U-G-Y. Any guesses at all? Yeah, I cannot. <laughs> I've heard this one, but I confess I didn't really understand it, even when I heard the explanation. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. I think somebody described it once as like the mom that shops at like Hobby Lobby and gets the cute signs for the. There you go. Something that like would be a chuggy. Like that that yeah. would be a chuggy. I don't know. I don't know the so, definition though. They say this word is swooped in. And, and again, this is a list that I got. These are words you need to know in 2022, apparently. Um, anyway, they said it swooped in to replace an old fan favorite, the word basic. So oh. right. So Chugi's basic. Um, something that might have been cool years ago, that kind of thing. That I think you can throw that word in there for that as well. Here's another one. This is a phrase. And the phrase is rent-free. Rent-free. What do you think that means? Wow, I am so not cool. I know. And they, I'm like, what do you, you know, because these are like, so we know what rent-free means. Like, that's, mm -hmm. I ain't got to pay no rent, right? Uh, that's what it means yeah. to me, at least. Uh, but they say that this is what it means. Well, hold so. on, Jake. Jake, were you going to make a, were you going to well, go ahead. guess? I mean, I don't know. That's that's another one I don't know that I can come with a definition, but I hear people say like, well, that lives rent free in my head. Yep. Like there you go. Something that know, gets stuck in your head. It's welcome stuck. Right. Right. It's Song that there. like, you, I don't you know play. what that has to do with not paying rent. <laughs> um, maybe the thought, you know, bought instead of rented. I don't know. Well, they say here in this uh, part of this explanation, it says they're stuck in their, they're stuck in there and they're not even paying rent for the space they occupy. So they're talking about space inside your head. Okay. All right. Let me give you one more and we'll keep on going. Let me just I, point yeah. out that Jake is significantly younger than you or I, well, Dave. He knows. He's <laughs> hearing these things. Yes, he is. Well, it is amazing. I, you know, I work with college students on a day-to-day -day basis who are like mm. five, six years younger than me. And it is amazing the generational gap after just a handful of years. The language they use, I don't understand at all. So don't blame you guys. It's fine. <laughs> all right. Last one I got is, the, and I and I shared this with a friend a couple of days ago. And they're like, well, my son's been using that for four or five years. So maybe this is an older term. Bussin. B-U-S-S-I-N. Bussin. I mean, I, I'm, yeah, I, I'm I sure know. this is wrong. I mean, you know, the... <laughs> So, I mean, I, I, I think of a couple of different things. I think okay. of taking the bus, but I also think of kissing because to bus someone is a kiss. But yeah. other than that, I don't know. I think it means cool or something like that. Pretty, pretty know. close. Yeah, it might okay. be, be an alternate a definition they've got here. Really good. Something's really good. Like this okay. pizza is bussing. So it's really good pizza. And they said, if you want to expresses something that's really really good you say this pizza's busting busting so anyway that's interesting oh, wow <laughs> it's 
It's interesting how like we've always got these words, though. You think about through generations, we always have some sort of word or phrase. Uh, I remember back in, in when my, my day and when I was younger, we used to have the word fresh was used a lot slamming or slammed or whatever. Anyway, there was just different words. I can't even remember half the words, be honest with you. And what they mean, and I'm afraid to say some of them because they may have some sort of derogatory meaning, and that wouldn't be appropriate. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, so, watch out, Dave. Watch I know out. I gotta be careful because you know I, things were crazy in my middle school. So yeah, they could have been. <laughs> but anyway, so I was just thinking, like with these words, you know, it's always it this just shows, I think it shows that culture, uh, I think culture tends to well, ch- culture's changing all the time. And I think culture kind of leads us to do things sometimes or to ch- even change our vocabulary, um, you know, that kind of thing. Um, and so it, I'm just thinking about like how influential our culture can be. Um, and, 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 and on the flip side of that coin as Christians, what should actually be, you know, the, the influential part. So, and, and we think about today. So the key word for today is identity. We're going to jump into talking about uh, Mr. Jake's book here, and we're going to outline a couple of those chapters. I'm going to get Jake to explain uh, maybe some things that he wrote about those subjects. And um, um, and I wrote this, though, in the introduction. I said identity has become, and I used a couple of those words. So let's see if y'all can remember and Bob with me. That's another word, Bob. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's... Anyway, so identity has become rent-free to many Americans as we live in a society now that has become so used to the idea that 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 may get or that we may get from a chuggy slogan or an oh I'm I'll think about old school but an old school slogan from Burger King which was have it your way. And by the way, this predates me, this slogan. I looked that up. That's 1974 that they first introduced that slogan of have it your way. Presently, the slogan has been shortened to your way and that they changed that in 2015. Um, so on the flip side of this coin, as believers, our slogan is, or at least it should be his way. So we think about what the Bible says and what God would have for us. Our slogan as believers should be his way, not our way or as Burger King would say, your way. So in many ways, our culture has prepared us for this moment in history um, where we could potentially take the, the his out of history. We are more self-focused, self-conscious, self-obsessed. And in these times, many have become self-isolated. And in the midst of social media, I think we have also become self-willed, which can be defined as unyielding, to the desires and concerns or opinions of others. So Ed Cunningham once said, friends are those rare people who ask how we are and then wait to hear the answer. So, you know, just thinking about scripture again, you know, we think about all of that, and I, but I always think about Philippians 2, um, 2 and 4, which basically is saying, you know, we are not interested in each other. We are interested in others. We should be more interested in others than our own selves. And if you go back to that scripture, that's what that's talking about. And so again, Jake, you know, and, and vet the culture just really shapes our minds. Um, and so we, we, we often Christians, we often get trapped in that mode 
of how it might shape our mind to think about things. I was talking to a friend the other day about a current event, and I noticed, although they're, they're Christian, they took a, a very personal, um, or they, their, their opinion or their, their um, I guess their, their uh, thoughts about it were very, very personal. And they, they went on to say, well, that's, that's just them. Let them be who they are and that kind of thing. But, you know, so often when I would talk to people about things in the culture, I never hear what God might want or, you know, what, what the scripture says about it. That's never part of that conversation. And I think that just, yeah, the other day I was looking at some stats and I realized that as we go from generation to generation to generation, I think at uh, 75 and older, I think the stat was something like 8% of 75 and older have a biblical worldview. And as you go um, young or go to the younger generation X, that's, that's mine, that I think it was 6% have, will have a, uh, or have a biblical worldview. And we go down even further. Millennials at this point have about 4%. And then we've got other groups, uh, uh, younger generations under the millennials now. So, and, and it gets lower too. I can't remember that percent, but I think it was like 2%. So as we can see, that biblical worldview keeps getting smaller and smaller and smaller, which is scary, right? So Jake, you wrote this wonderful book that, might give us some insight on how we should think about some of these things that we see and hear about in our culture. Um, I want to ask you about a couple of them and, you know, and then see if there's one that's your favorite, or maybe I should ask you that first. So I don't pick it in, in one of the, out of the seven identities that you wrote about, is there, is there one of those that really is close to your heart? Um, I mean, you know, like picking a favorite child, right? Um, yeah. <laughs> okay, well, they're not the same thing. I think that uh, for me personally, uh, the chapter two uh, was sort of this about success versus a heart for God um, is more of a personal, like writing to myself kind of thing, because I am a high achieving kind of want to build the best thing that lasts the test of time and everybody, you know, remembers my name for all eternity or something like that. Uh, so that one was definitely more writing to me. Um, and I think that's a common problem that cuts across all different kinds of ways of living. You know, you could be on the left or the right or whatever, and still success drives a lot of people in wanting to achieve things and build things on earth um mm -hmm. and you know there's going to have to be somebody you know we do need people that start businesses and that create things and invent things so i don't want to say that drive is necessarily bad but like most of the things in my book the problems with these negative or false identities is really just that they should be lower on the totem pole um some of them we might need to get rid of completely. Others of them, it's just like, yeah, maybe it's 15 on the list, but something else should be higher up. Uh, so that's one of those that is a reminder for me that um, the, the treasures that I build here on earth ultimately doesn't matter in light of eternity. What does matter is where my heart is. 
Um, and that's exactly what, you know, Jesus says, I believe it's in Matthew, you know, don't lay up your treasures and uh, earth laid up in heaven. It, it matters sort of where, what my orientation in my heart is more than, you know, how much stuff I got or how much things I've done. Mm. Uh, and Ecclesiastes is also a great book to point to for all that, because ultimately that's uh, meaningless, right? Mm-hmm. But the end of Ecclesiastes, the preacher or the teacher, depending on what your translation calls this guy, says, the end of the matter all has been heard. Fear God and keep his commandments, for this is the whole duty of man. That's the thing. Everything's meaningless except following God. So we got to make sure our heart is in that right direction. Mm. I love that. You know, often you, you hear a lot of stories about people that are successful that never seem to... You know, they, they, and as far, and no matter how far up they might go, I mean, they could be in entertainment, they could be in a corporate job, but no matter how far they go, there's always something else for them to reach for. They never really ever get satisfied. Um, you know, um, and many times when people get, you know, I think one thing that's hurtful from sort of having that mindset is you not only, you may, you have the, well, it, it's, I think it's easier to, to create this wedge between you and God. Cause you know, this season on the podcast, by the way, we didn't mention this earlier, but we're, we are talking about the whole season is we're talking about unplugged faith. And so I think it's important to think about how we identify in Christ and then looking at this from a cultural versus a kind of sort of a theological, uh, you know, uh, two, two different sides because again, you know, some people don't really consider that the, the biblical worldview is is diminishing, which could be part of the reason why we have so many people falling from faith, or you know that that type of thing, or at least getting unplugged in the sense. And when we say unplugged, Jake, we're just really just talking. It could be there's different levels of that, I, I would think. But for somebody, it might just be literally their life got busy. It became about the corporate job. It became about this, that, or the other. They didn't have any time for God. You know, they didn't have time to go to church. They didn't have time for their kids to go to church or really to emphasize that part of it or to read to them or anything like that. So, you know, you kind of create cultures inside your own families. I've heard that before. Like Mm -hmm. when you marry someone, you're marrying into another culture, essentially, because they've created their family nest, how they have, you know, so there's a lot of things particulars about this family that's different than yours so you know anyway i think that um i think it's important that we we definitely for for parents to have conversations with their children and i think it's important though when we go when going back and thinking about how much we put into our our success that we um we're just very careful with that because as Christians, that can hurt our faith. And again, we're going back to thinking about unplugged faith. That can unplug us from it. It could be detrimental. So it could be a temporary thing or it could be a permanent thing for many people. They never really get back to it because everything else was so much more important. So I think that's a good one to think about. Now, um, I like now I'll tell you one of my favorite ones. I want to hear you talk about it. And unfortunately I haven't got to read your book and I'd love to, but you've got one about happiness versus helping others. So again, in each chapter, you're kind of covering like the negative worldly 
aspect mm-hmm. of it and then the sort of the positive Christianity or Christian identity part of it. So happiness is sort of that that worldly or negative piece, right? Helping others is the, the Christian identity. So explain those two, how those work hand in hand. How can we resolve our, or can we resolve our happiness by helping others? Is that what you're talking about there? Well, I think that plays a role, certainly. Um, And again, I want to say, I I think there's a tension here in culture that, you know, there are some aspects of fundamentalist Christianity that have so denied an individual's happiness and, you know, has been a traumatic experience for people. And so sometimes we swing in the opposite direction that all that matters is, you know, my happiness and how I feel and all that kind of stuff. So I want to avoid dramatic pendulum swings, certainly, because, you know, I, I, I think I have to be careful how I say this. I think that God wants us to be happy. Now, that's not the end all be all. But, yeah, it, it would be better to be happy versus not be happy. Um, and sometimes in Christian culture, we. We like to use a word like joy instead of um, of happiness, um, and and you know they're pretty similar in a dictionary definition. But if by joy you sort of mean this, you know, contentment for life, even when the storms of life are crazy, that you still have sort of a peace and contentment. Then I'm on I'm on board with that. So all that to say is I don't think we need to completely get rid of happiness. But the point is, if we are all inward focused, we're missing a fundamental part of what it means to be human, and more specifically, what it means to be a Christian. So I'm obviously writing to Christians here, um, and I think doing these practices would help anybody, but I'm specifically asking Christians to reconsider our priorities. So I think when it comes down to it, and I use the term happiness versus helping others, When it comes down to it, it's really self-focused or other-focused. And scripture constantly calls us to be Mm. other-focused and serving others. And, you know, you mentioned uh, Philippians 2 earlier, this beautiful Christ hymn where Jesus uh, empties himself for us, takes on the form of a slave for us, Mm. demonstrates that that is what the Christian experience is about. It is about serving others. And, you know, the org chart of the Christian religion is sort of flipped upside down because the, the first shall be last. The powerful people are on the bottom serving, you know, washing feet as Jesus demonstrates. Mm-hmm. So, again, it's about priorities. and It's about fundamentally changing what we think the human experience is all about ultimately mm-hmm. if we're just about finding our happiness and you know doing all the things that make us happy i don't think that's going to be a good experience and we do have to balance that um you know there's a lot of conversation in our culture about toxic people and i struggle with that and i don't want to make a prescription of here's what you should do every time but i do have a feeling that there are some people that are a little too quick to just cut off every relationship that doesn't make them smile or laugh three times a day, you know, whatever the standards are. I think sometimes we have to love difficult people for, for their sake and, you know, for our own. So that's some of the ideas I kind of 
wanted to get across with that sort of chapter. I just want to jump in here because uh, the idea of happiness, and Jake, I'd love to ask you this question. A lot of this idea, when we think about happiness, it is we are seeking something that makes us feel good. Um, we're seeking something that makes us feel complete. And you just talked about being more outward focused than inward focused, but I mean, we're all creatures of habit and we, we generally are seeking something to make us feel better. But would you agree, because this is certainly what Positively Joy, my show is about, it's not the idea of happiness making you feel good, but the idea of joy, the fruit of the spirit, completing you in a way that nothing else can. But people use joy, happiness, contentment. I mean, they kind of use these words to mean all the same thing, but they really mm -hmm. don't, do they? Yeah, I, I definitely think, I think you're right that there are some different nuances here um, and definitely some different nuances in scripture. Um, so yeah, I agree. Yeah, I, mean, I think we're creatures of habit and we're always going out there trying to find something. Um, certainly. We, we certainly do need to be uh, the, the hands and feet of Christ and to serve, as you mentioned, in the community and to be really the last to become first. But I think we, I think we get tripped up on just how to live because we, we're humans, we're flawed humans, and we're always seeming to want something to make us feel a way about ourselves. And I think it's hard for us sometimes to to wrap our minds around that and try to understand where where am I going to get that from? There's in my opinion, and I think you would agree, there's really only one place to get this from. Um, mm -hmm. Even though we get <laughs> happiness and joy from our families and from our our spouses, if we're married, all these things are given to us from by Christ anyway. So I think we just need to think about it a little bit differently. Um, and I like what you're, I definitely like where you're going, what you're saying. I think it's hard though. I think it's hard for human beings. Oh yeah. Yeah. One of the problems that we run into a lot is uh, overconsumption of whatever brings us happiness. You know, there are some things, um, you know, that we just shouldn't be doing, putting in our bodies, whatever. But then there are other things that really become a problem when we just have too much of it. Food is good. But if our entire life is centered around that and consuming that, well, we have a problem. We have a new idol we've placed in our life. Um, and so we always got to be careful, definitely, where we're drawing that happiness. And, you know, I'm like, and again, with the food example, you know, I'm going to have a nice meal tonight, probably. Um, I'm going to enjoy that. But ultimately, like, Jesus brings that true happiness, that true joy that just cannot be matched by no matter how good the pizza is. And I am Southern Baptist. So amen to a good meal. Yeah. Jake, you know, we love our food. We joke about that all the time. And, uh, <laughs> there, Hey, and y'all are talking about like, what you know, kind of, again, what the culture thinks, like where, where we find happiness. I hear a lot of phrases. Um, I wrote a couple of these down, uh, forgot to mention them earlier, but this is a good time. 
there's this phrase I always hear. I'm living my best life now. And, you know, some of the, and I see this on Facebook a lot and other places. And, and sometimes where I see it, you know, it could be like they're at, I don't know. I'm not, I don't go to NASCAR races, but let's just say it's a NASCAR race living my best life now. And so we've got these different representations of what people think the best life kind of looks like, but we know that there's much, much more out there. And I just encourage people to share that. And, 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 and in sharing the gospel, essentially that's what you're doing. You're, you're, you're letting people know, Hey, look, there, there's a lot of cool things that God has provided for us here. Um, you know, we've got a lot of good clean entertainment and things that we can do great foods that God, all these things, animals and plants. And I don't care, you know, you might be a vegetarian, but the ones that are not, they love their animals and so forth and so on. Anyway. So God has provided all these wonderful things. And then, you, you know, you got your company that is all these wonderful gifts that God's provided within his people that we, we want to share. And again, it's about sharing and caring for others. I think, you know, they always tell my girls sharing is caring. So we want to do that. We want to do that. There's another one. I hear another uh, phrase that I hear a lot that I, I don't know why it irks me, but it really does. irks me. This is my truth. I don't know. Y'all might hear that. Uh, this is, and, and I don't understand that. Well, I do understand why people say that, but Again, I think this just another example, though, it kind of reflects those stats that I talked about, the very small percentage with a biblical worldview, because we know as Christians where we kind of find truth, where we can find ultimate truth. But as but as people, we kind of indicate, create our our own truth, our own lives and the way that we might live them. So but it's beautiful that so to go back to that truth you know when mm -hmm. i hear that you know yeah there's the there's the unhealthy side of that the unhealthy side of well this is my own truth is to try to have a point of view that's not biblical right but yeah. but i think it's beautiful in that if you look at jesus uh he was able to look at so many different kinds of people from different backgrounds who had different points of view and love them equally. Mm -hmm. And so Jesus could see many different truths, if you want to call it that, and love them equally. And I think that that's something that, again, we flawed humans have a hard time doing. Mm. Yeah. And we, and we got to remember as we loving, you know, pointing them to Jesus and Jesus, I think was pointing them to the kingdom, you know, and that's what he was there to do. And I agree. He was, he sat with the sinners. He, yeah. he, he hung out with people. Most people wouldn't. And we got, I know a lot of Christian brothers and sisters today that are the same way. And I asked myself, how are you, we, how do you, how are you ever going to share that truth that you have inside you, the, the gospel, the message that you have, um, the, the Jesus that you love so much, how else does that word get to them if we don't bother with those people? So right. great points. Last one I want to look at real quick, uh, Jake, you got this, I think it might be your last chapter if these are in the right order, uh, groups versus kingdom of God. Yeah, so one of the hard parts about these chapters was like coming up with a, a word or concept that sort of encapsulated all that I mean. So for that last chapter, there's the last chapter, um, I call it groups 
um, because I'm talking about any kind of earthly group we might identify with. So talking everything from your political party to, you know, your local whatever group, um, service club, any kind of group. Um, and in some cases, certain churches or denominations could also fall into this where your allegiance is so much to one group that it costs, uh, it comes at the cost of allegiance to Jesus. So mm-hmm. I write that as a careful warning for Christians to remember that like, you know what, you can be a fan of this group. You can be a registered member of that political party. You could be a patriot of this nation. That's great. Good for you. But remember that that ultimately has to be lower on the totem pole than allegiance to the kingdom of God. And the kingdom of God is not a political structure that I can go walk over and see and touch. It looks so differently than the kingdom of Caesar, of earthly political power of these groups. It looks so fundamentally different than that. In John 18, Jesus says, you know, my kingdom is not of this world. And what he's saying is that it's, it's authority, it's power of the kingdom comes from heaven. It doesn't come from, I, I mean, you know, I, I do think what we do on earth matters, but ultimately, even if we just happen to, you know, create the ultimate Christian empire, everybody on earth is a Christian, that's still not the kingdom of God. Ultimately, it doesn't come from what we do here on earth, that authority is drawn from heaven. And, you know, that's a hard, uh, it's, it was a hard chapter to write, mm. dealing with some of the political turmoil we've seen over the last couple of years. Um, Absolutely. But I put that there as a reminder, like, hey, you know, it's you don't have to be unaffiliated with all these groups and causes that you're passionate about. Just put that in the right order. And that's what I'm hoping people can do. Yeah. And I, I, when I hear about, especially the political, political part of it, uh, and, and even social media, cause I see social media as this, as this too, but just very divisive. And I think we need mm-hmm. to, we really need to be careful and wise when we, when we belong to certain groups, organizations, or even groups within social media, if you will, um, when, when tensions get to that point and how we treat others and how we, you know, again, um, if we have no biblical worldview, then we're going to spew out all sorts of things. And we're probably just in line with the rest of the world may not make a lot of sense or attack somebody or say stuff that's just kind of slighting someone, that kind of thing. Just got to be very careful and wise because all eyes on us. I mean, we got to remember that, that people are watching us, whether they're believers or unbelievers, especially unbelievers, I would, I would suppose, but we just need to make sure that, you know, we, we represent Jesus. Well, we're there to represent be ambassadors for Christ. And we just got to make sure to do that well. And I imagine that as you break those down in your book, and um, I'm so good, you have this, this type, this book that I think everybody needs to read because we do, we need to have this scope of thinking uh, among our our world and, and, and the culture and things like that things are ever changing and they're just not going to slow down for us guys and so i encourage you to read jake's book pick up scripture um stay in the word because we need to be equipped 
And God gives us his word for that equipping. He gives us leaders for the equipping. So uh, if you want to, you know, try to be a part of a church or a group or, or be around leadership or others that might be able to help sharpen you, disciple you. I mean, I think it's very important that we get, I think we've gotten really like too relaxed in the last couple of years. Things are so much easier. Just, you know, we we're it's like with even food. I mean, we became so lazy about food because now it's like I can call anywhere pretty much in my town and Grubhub or somebody's going to bring mm-hmm. it to me. I'm going to pay an arm and a leg and get in an hour and a half or two uh, from a restaurant that's 10 minutes up the street from my house. But I have done that. I've kicked myself in the butt for it, but I have done that, paid the extra money. And, and then I think, I'm like, what in the world? It, it would have took me 10 minutes to get this food piping hot and it would have been better for my family. But we've just become lazy, I think, uh, in, in a lot of ways. And and we've done that with with scripture and reading um, God's word that, that can equip us and answer so many questions that we might have about this world. Jake, thank you um, for joining us today and uh, really appreciate it. And we're we're going to get some links from you. We'd love to put those in the show notes so that people know where yeah. to find you and and learn more about you and what you're doing with Theophia or Theophia. I want to say, and I'm not trying to say mafia. That sounds like mafia, but <laughs> Theophany <laughs> Media. So there you go. Yeah. All right. You. Thank you so much, Jake. And I really appreciate you.